Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game Week 3 is in the books and there's no Monday night game this week. There is midweek action though with all the teams that are not in European competition playing in the EFL Cup second round on Tuesday and Wednesday. It's also the last week of the Premier League transfer window, so it's a good week to be patient with your transfers. The James Madison sellers from last week will give you the same advice this week. It's a Friday deadline again, 6.30pm UK time, 90 minutes before Luton versus West Ham kicks off. In today's episode, it'll be a quick review of Game Week 3. Six new members are joining the 59th Minute Club. Update the watch list, highlight a few stats, answer listener questions, and we'll finish with captaincy and potential transfers for Game Week 4. There will be, as always, another episode on Friday after the pressers, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow for that one, and leave a review as well. Quick review of Game Week 3, so after Game Week 2, which was an absolute disaster, the troops bounced back, I didn't panic, didn't make any rage transfers, kept the guys who had good fixtures, and basically used my two free transfers to fix a few fires. I had the Luke Shaw injury to deal with, I also had doubts over Joe Pedro's minutes, so I sold Shaw, sold Pedro, brought in Jackson from Chelsea for the good fixture run, and brought in Gusto for the bench. Now, before the deadline on Friday, I was in a scenario, there was some Chelsea leaks coming through, leaks came through about Sterling starting, Jackson starting, I was waiting for Augusto leak to come through, and if it did, I was going to start him ahead of Gabriel, but because there was no leak about Gusto, I put him on the bench for a sub, and I started Gabriel, because as mentioned a few times, I thought he would come in again, I thought he'd be back in the team, and he wasn't, so that is the final nail in the Gabriel coffin, and I got a nice slice of luck, which we all need from time to time, Gabriel didn't play, I was absolutely sweating on Saturday during that Arsenal game, myself and my wife were out doing a bit of uh, shopping for some house stuff, we were looking at picture frames and all kinds of stuff and all I could see every time I looked in a picture frame I could see Gabriel's face I was just waiting for him to come on and block the Gusto points from Friday thankfully it didn't happen the 14 points from Gusto is absolutely amazing 72 points went from 3.7 million overall to 650k probably the biggest green arrow I've ever had so in a much better position now much better platform and hopefully we can build on that in game week four in the team blank for johnson and goal obviously there's question marks over him now because henderson has signed there's a question on that later so i'll come back to the goalkeepers stupid and blanks not too bothered about that gusto and chilwell 14 and 6 the midfielders finally came good bruno with 12 rashford 7 saka back on penalties with 8 there was a blank for martinelli that's the second one in a row. I think he might have got five points in game week one. Martinelli at the moment is on the chopping block when it comes to transfers for game week four, but we'll talk more about that later as well. 
Captain Haaland's not really a blank, but eight points, missed a penalty. Did have lots and lots of chances in that game, so still quite happy to continue with the auto-captain Haaland strategy. Jackson was seven. He made a sweat for that one. Watching him in the first half, I was thinking, what have I bought here? I need to sell him immediately. Second half, Chelsea and him were much better, so quite happy to hold him now. And Watkins chipped in with his customary assist, three assists in a row. Question about him later as well. On the bench, Turner with three, Gabriel Bayer didn't turn up for Burnley in the Camba with one. So the starting 11 looks fine. The bench is starting to look weak. But I think it'll just be a pretty simple one transfer this week and just try and get through to the international break with a pretty poor bench. A very warm welcome to six new members to the 59th Minute Club. It's not very often we get six in one game week. Two from Brighton, Danny Welbeck and Billy Gilmore. Grab yourselves a drink, grab yourself a seat, say hello to the others. Also join us from Bournemouth, Christy and Clivert. We've also got Richarlison. What a disaster of a pick he's been. Richarlison from Tottenham and Anthony Martial in the Manchester United starting 11, but only lasted 59 minutes. So welcome to the club, lads. Keep an eye on those clocks in game week four, as always. A couple of notable mentions. Kai Havertz didn't make it to 60. He only played 55 minutes. And Saar at Tottenham got the assist, but only managed 58 minutes. A watchlist update now. There's been quite a lot of changes to the watchlist following Game Week 3. I'll also run through exactly what my current watchlist does look like. I'll do that every couple of weeks just to keep you in the loop. First of all, players I've added this week, just two. Archer, who's joined Sheffield United, 4.5 million forward. I think he'll probably become the best 4.5 million forward, although Semenyo's been looking pretty decent for Bournemouth. Archer is added just as an enabler, probably more so if I end up restructuring to a 3-5-2 or if I end up playing my wildcard soon. Also added Kieran Trippier. A lot of managers are eyeing Trippier up around game week five when Newcastle's fixtures improve. Did he play, I think it's Brentford in game week five. To me, that's not a fantastic fixture. So I might end up waiting until around game week six for Trippier, but he's on the watch list just to keep him in mind because when we're making transfers game week four, game week five, if we do want to buy Trippier soon, you've got to keep the cash in mind and that might dictate transfers this week. For example, spoiler alert, transfer section. I'm looking at possibly Martinelli to Madison this week, but that will make it trickier to get Trippier. For example, if I went Rashford to Madison for, for as an alternative, that would allow me to do Gabriel to Trippier, give me five or give me six. You've got to keep all of this in mind. Every transfer you make has a knock-on on future transfers. Lots and lots of players removed from the watch list this week. Aurier did well in Game Week 2, not so much Game Week 3. Just don't really see myself going there. I think there's better 4.5 options. 4.6, players like Rico Henry, Udogi at Tottenham are more exciting, I think. I've removed quite a lot of Liverpool players. Trent's just not producing the goods. Salah's gone. Jota and Diaz are also gone. You may ask why when they've just you know had a good comeback win against Newcastle. It's just quite simply rotation for the players like Jota and Diaz. Darwin is not on the watch list, even after his heroics. I just... Is he going to play the next game? We don't know, so I'm not interested. Trent's too expensive, no clean sheets. Van Dijk suspended. Salah, again, just too expensive. I think there's a lot of better options at cheaper prices at other teams. So, started the season without Liverpool, and it looks like that might continue for the foreseeable future. Also removed Odegaards. I've got Saka. I've got Martinelli. Might sell Martinelli. 
I was looking at some stats this morning. Odegaard has just two chances created for the season, whereas Saka has nine. So not cutting it at the moment. And obviously Saka took the most recent penalty. So for that reason, Odegaard is off the watch list. Eze's gone as well, just not doing much. I don't think he's got any returns yet. Douglas Louise is also gone from the watch list. He might have penalties, but I've got Watkins... I also prefer Diaby if I'm looking for an Aston Villa midfielder. So Douglas Luiz is gone. Also removed Enzo Fernandez. I've tripled up on Chelsea with Gusto. Can't get to Sterling now. And if I was going to get another Chelsea player somehow, it would be Sterling over Enzo. We don't know if he still has the penalties. I still think Enzo could be a decent FPL pick this season, but I don't think he's in the top three Chelsea picks at the moment. Also removed Hyungman's son, quite simply, because if I'm going to buy a Tottenham midfielder, it's going to be the main man, it's going to be the talisman, it's going to be uh, James Madison, who's basically everything runs through him, takes lots of set pieces, etc, etc. So son's gone, Richardson's gone from the watches as well, for obvious reasons. I've seen them linked with a couple of strikers recently, so Richardson's time could be numbered anyway in that attack. Also removed our Osula, who's a 4.5 million forward, because I expect Archer to be a better pick. I've also removed Morris from Luton, who's 5.5 million. Had him on the watch list after game week one, but again, don't really see myself going there anytime soon. So the overall picture, what does the watch list look like? If you've been listening to me for a while now, I don't bother keeping goalkeepers on the watch list because I don't make transfers there very often. Although I might need to soon if Johnston becomes a problem. Defenders who are in my thoughts, this I think is just in order of price, not preference. Trippier at Newcastle, who I mentioned, still interested in the City guys, Diaz and Gavardiol. I was quite close to going Shaw to Diaz or Gavardiol instead of the Gusto Jackson double move. So quite happy that I didn't go there for game week three. Saliba's in my mind as well. Obviously missed the missed the news game week one. It's funny how things work out. You know, I've been quite bitter about Saliba, as many of us non-owners have been over the last few weeks. But if I did have Saliba. I probably wouldn't have got the Gusto points this week. So swings and roundabouts. FPL often has a way of coming back into your favour. So there's no point you know, holding on to that bitterness or being too downbeat about certain picks. Rico Henry is in my thoughts. Ujogi at Tottenham is looking very promising. They've got some good fixtures coming up as well. Got a great assist and all three bonus points. If you have him, well done. Hopefully you did get him off your bench. Some people did, some people didn't. Matty Cash on the watch list. He was there before the brace. He's now top, I think, for XGI among defenders. Kind of playing out of position. Villa played a back three with Luca Dean and Matty Cash afforded license to get forward. Cash in particular, he could have had a hat-trick in that game. There was a couple of other chances as well. So he's looking like a really good pick. I did have concerns about Cash because I thought maybe Conta would play right back sometimes. But what we've seen in that game was Conta and Cash were both in the same team, which I think is good news for Cash's FPL prospects. He might miss the odd game. When he's on the pitch, he can certainly do a lot of damage. Well done again if you had Matty Cash. Hopefully not on your bench. Colwell is also on the watch list. But again, I've got triple Chelsea. But Colwell, if you have him or you're thinking about buying a Chelsea defender, is still a pretty good pick. Midfielders on the watch list. Phil Foden, who disappointingly was benched for his owners. Again, I was very close to buying Foden this week. If I was going to do a triple move for a minus four, Foden would have probably came in. He did get the assist, albeit a fortunate assist. I think going forward, though, I think Foden is still a very good pick. I expect him to be back in the City 11 for game week four. James Madison 
on the watch list. Raheem Sterling also, but I can't get there because of Gusto. Jared Bowen, very impressive start to the season. I was strongly considering him going into game week one, but he didn't make the final cut because of the fixtures. West Ham have been good. Bowen's been good, and he plays Luton next, so he's certainly looking good for game week four. Ward-Prowse, his teammate, has had a very good start to life as a West Ham player. Set pieces, scoring goals, creating assists, just a really good player and seems like a really good fit into that West Ham team. Mbumo's on the watch list, was close to going there in game week three. I was glad to see him blank, not against going for him in game week four, but I do think Madison is top of my shopping list. Diaby at Aston Villa, another impressive performance, I think it was a 12-pointer. And the Brighton boys are still on the watch list, Solly March and Mitsoma, although their fixtures are a little bit trickier now. Forwards on the watch list, not too many really, they're all cheap options. My current front line, Haaland, Watkins, Jackson, is probably going to stay for game week four. If I was forced to make a transfer, or if something cropped up injury-wise during a week. Forwards I'm interested in, Alvarez at Manchester City. I think owners were very unlucky not to get something from him at the weekend. I think it was eight shots. He also would have got the assist for the penalty, which Haaland missed because he caused the handball offence. Still a good option up there with Foden. I do still prefer Foden, even after his benching, but Alvarez, I think, should tick along if he keeps getting the minutes. A one at Nottingham Forest just keeps doing it. Seven Premier League games in a row he scored in, but fixture-wise, I probably, you know, I prefer Alvarez. I probably still prefer Wissa as well from Brentford, who's on the watch list. And then you've got the cheap guys, Semenyo and Archer. So, 23 players on the watch list at the moment. That gives you an idea of the players I'm looking at for transfers over the next couple of weeks. A few stats now that caught my eye from having a look in the Fantasy Football Scout members area on Monday morning. As I always do, I always like going in there on Monday morning once the games are all complete. Defenders, first of all, in terms of chances created, Chilwell, Trippier and Anderson created four chances. Anderson should probably be on my watch list, but the fact that I have Johnston in goal is the reason he's not. I think he might be the joint top scoring defender in the game so far. He's certainly got three bonus points, I think twice already, and he was on the score sheet in Game Week 3. So one to keep an eye on maybe if you don't have Johnston. Matty Cash, six goal attempts, five shots in the box. Crazy numbers for a wing-back. And like I said earlier, now top for XGI among defenders for the season. Branthwaite, the 4 million Everton defender, got a start. And he had three goal attempts in the box. So that's promising if he keeps his place. Another 4 million option for us. Lewis Dunk also had three attempts in the box. But I don't think too many people are going there because Stupinen is by far and away the best defensive pick from Brighton. On to midfielders, Grealish and Pascal Gross both created six chances each. Gross maybe should be on my watch list as well, but I still prefer March and Matoma. Saka had four chances created. Odegaard created zero chances in game week three. And as I said earlier, it's nine versus two for the season on Saka versus Odegaard for chances created. Raheem Sterling, the man of the moment, five shots in the box, but Always do remember it was against Luton, so how much weight do you put on that? Madison and Martinelli both had five goal attempts in the box. So I'm considering selling Martinelli for Madison. They both had the same number of shots in the box in game week three. Bruno Fernandes and Miggy Almiron 
both had six goal attempts. Almiron stood out. Four of his goal attempts were in the box. He had that one great run, hit the post. He also, there was a phenomenal save from Alisson from Almiron also. So could he become a good option like he did last season with these Newcastle fixtures improving? James Madison is now second for non-penalty XGI behind Bruno Fernandes over the first three game weeks. Jared Bowen had three big chances in game week three, so really good option for game week four against Luton. Alvarez, good numbers, four chances created. He also had eight goal attempts, five of them from inside the box, and most notably for me, Alvarez took nine Manchester City corners. Now, maybe that's different if phones on the pitch and a few other players on the pitch, but good to see a forward taking corners because you don't see that very often in FPL. Erling Haaland, not a great FPL game week, but he had eight shots in the box. Absolutely huge numbers. He will be my captain for game week four. Elsewhere in the strikers, Jackson and Watkins. A lot of people went from Watkins to Jackson. I didn't really want to do that, so I ended up just having both players for the game week. And both of them had the same numbers, five goal attempts, four of them from inside the box. So I still think both are really good picks. I say really good Watkins. I don't think I would say he's a really good pick. I'd say he's a good pick. I'd say Jackson's a really good pick because the fixtures are better. But again, Watkins is a player. He's unlikely to be my weakest link anytime soon, so he's probably going to survive. Erling Haaland, four big chances. Watkins had three big chances, so good numbers for both of those players. Before I get stuck in the listener questions, a quick Patreon plug. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. You'll get iTest podcasts, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals and more. Any questions you have about joining Patreon, send me a DM on Twitter. Time to tackle some listener questions now. Thank you to everyone who sent them across. My neighbours are currently getting some work done in the garden. There's lots of tools I can hear, so hopefully it's not coming through on the microphone, but I'm just going to keep going with this. Question from Mark Cram. Simple question, Madison or Sterling? So I don't have this question to answer this week because I'm already tripled up on Chelsea and you know sometimes I like when the game just makes a decision for me. I don't have to mull this one over all week. Two really good FPL options. Sterling versus Madison. If I could get Sterling, I think I'd still be leaning towards Madison. I was close to getting Madison game week one. I was eyeing him up game week three when the fixtures improved. Obviously, there was some slight doubts over his fitness in game week three, so I didn't go there. But I think I'm going to go there game week four. Like I said earlier, he's top of my wanted list. Yes, the Sterling performance was very impressive. It was against very weak opposition. Can he do it consistently? I'm not still not convinced. But again, if you're in a scenario where you already have Madison and you can get Sterling, maybe having both players will be the answer over the next few game weeks. So two really good options, but I still slightly favour Madison. I still think there's a few more avenues to points there with him with set pieces and stuff like that. Obviously, we still don't know penalty takers for both teams really because Enzo missed so could Sterling become penalty taker I think it's very possible Madison is in the running for Tottenham penalties as well so we don't know that will probably change things you know if, if one of those players got it and the other didn't come game week five six seven you know that might be the deciding factor but for me at the moment current information Madison is the talisman at Tottenham lots of avenues to points playing really well Team are playing really well, so I want to go there. But certainly might end up on Sterling in the near future also. Question from FPLT. 
with one Chelsea sock left, who would you prefer, Gusto or Sterling? So if you've just just two Chelsea players at the moment, so it's probably Chilwell and Jackson, do you go for Gusto or Sterling? In that scenario, I think Sterling is the better pick. Gusto is fine short term. I benefited from his points. I'm probably going to start him again in game week four. Always slightly concerned, you know, can he come out of the team if, if Potts plays a different formation, if he goes to a back four or something like that. I think Gusto could drop out. The Sassi could play right back. We just don't know because we don't have too much information. But I'll start him in game week four because I don't have anyone else to start anyway, let's face it, on the bench. Gusto or Sterling, as a long-term pick, I would go Sterling. Question from FPL Fish. I've tempted, I'm tempted to buy and captain Jared Bowen as I target Luton. What are your thoughts? I wouldn't go as far as captaining. I think Bowen's a great transfer in for the Luton game. You've got to remember, you've got to be careful. Do you want to buy him for one game week? Because if you look a little bit further ahead, West Ham play Manchester City and Liverpool in game week five and game week six. So keep that in mind if you are looking to buy Bowen. I think it's great if you're already on him. Is he necessarily the best player to buy in the game this week? I don't think so. You've got Madison, you've got Sterling, you've got other options, and Bumo's still up there as a very good option. There's lots and lots of choice for us in the midfield bracket at the moment. So even though Bowen does play Luton, and I do like targeting Luton with attackers, to me it feels slightly short-term, and that's why I prefer Madison, because to me Madison is a long-term pick. I would even describe Sterling as a long-term pick as well, whereas Bowen to me feels slightly short-term. You might get him, you might benefit against Luton, but are you happy to play him against City game week five and Liverpool game week six? Liverpool's probably an okay fixture at the moment, especially with Van Dijk suspended for a couple of games. Yeah, Bowen's a good pick. If you're going to buy him or if you already have him, Captain as a differential is okay, but I don't think you I don't think you bet against Haaland as captaincy at the moment. So I think owning Bowen is enough as a differential. I don't think you need to go all the way and captain. Question from Rutgers: Who's the best Johnston replacement? So I'm in this scenario. I've got Johnston. I've got Turner. Henderson has signed, so it looks a bit sketchy for Johnston. But on the flip side, Johnston's been really good. I don't really see any reason for him to be dropped yet. Maybe Henderson comes in and is number two initially and then maybe wins the shirt from Johnston. So in this kind of scenario, FPL-wise, it's not a problem until it is a problem. And the good thing is for us Johnston owners is we've got Turner as a backup. Yes, the fixtures might not be great, but I think I'm just going to start Johnston this week and just see how it plays out. We don't need to make a transfer until he actually loses his place, because that might not happen for a while. It's a good fixture this week. I think the Johnston-Turner rotation is still pretty decent anyway, so if Johnston does lose his place, there's a couple of decent fixtures coming up for Turner, and maybe we don't, we don't fix that until the first wildcard. Other people will have Johnston and Ariola, or maybe another 4.5 option. So again, Ariola's looking like a pretty good pick at 4 million. Who is the best replacement though? If I was forced to sell Johnston this week, who would I buy? I think I'll go straight to Flecken at Brentford. Just He's kind of picking up where David Raya left off. He's getting bonus points in games where he doesn't keep clean sheets. He got four points this week in a 1-1 draw. That's exactly what you want to see from your 4.5 priced goalkeeper. So Flecken would be my choice as the starting goalkeeper. And then you know pairing him with Ariola. Ariola's looking really decent as well, making plenty of saves, picking up bonus points, penalty saves. The the steel owners at Brighton are might be in a you know same similar scenario to us Johnston owners. Probably worse if you own steel because he's actually lost his place to Everbruggen, and there could be some rotation there. You know, we, we you're just never going to know who Deserby's going to start every weekend in goal. So if you've got steel, you're probably looking at Flecken as well, 
Ariola, those guys. So again, it's not clear who the best cheap goalkeeper is, but Flecken has certainly shown, shown signs that he could be this season's David Raya. If you've got Johnston, if you've got Turner on the bench or Ariola on the bench, you've got a, you've got something to fall back on if Johnson does lose his place. So for the moment, I would just stick with it and use your transfers on more exciting things in midfield and attack. Question from Andrew Sands. If the question is a stupinin, is the answer A, play, B, sell or C, bench? Andrew says, I suspect it's A, but only because of his ownership and route to points. And where do we go if we sell him? Do we go for Udogi? So Estupinen's been great first couple of weeks. Yes, he blanked in game week three. Yes, the fixtures are getting more difficult. But when you watch this guy, I don't think the fixtures matter too much. Yes, there might not be clean sheets, but he can get attacking returns in any fixture. Even in that West Ham game, every time Brighton went forward, I was just waiting for Estupinen to get something for me. So I'm quite happy to start him in the difficult fixtures. And I'll just assess it over you know week by week maybe maybe when it gets to the point where Trippier comes in maybe that's when Estupinen goes to the bench or doesn't start as often the fixtures for Brighton are changing drastically so it's Newcastle Manchester United Bournemouth which is fine but then it's Villa Liverpool City so you've basically got five of the next six are not easy fixtures and they're fixtures where I would say I don't see clean sheets for Estupinen so I'm kind of banking on the attacking returns and it's hard to get clean sheets in the Premier League anyway. I think in game week three, there was only three clean sheets out of 20. Chelsea, Tottenham and Wolves. So if it's hard to get clean sheets anyway, I'm quite happy just to stick with the good attacking defender that can get attacking returns even if he's not going to get clean sheets. So for me, he's a keep and he's a play. Ownership doesn't come into it for me. I know his ownership's high. It's about 65%, but that's not why he's going to be in my team because there's always an opportunity when fixtures turn to lose a highly owned player for someone less owned. So, but again, what he's done in the first two game weeks, attacking wise, I'm quite happy to play him and bank on more attacking returns. And who knows, they might fluke a clean sheet or two over the next few weeks as well. Question from FPL Viking Is Darwin Nunes essential? I put this tweet out for questions literally one minute after Liverpool game, and there was about 25 questions about Darwin, which is always the case. I should really give my, give that put that tweet out about an hour after the last game because it's obviously very heavily influenced by the most recent game. Is Darwin in his essential? Absolutely not. Not even on my watch list. I don't care if he scored five goals against Newcastle. Do I know if he's going to play in game week four, game week five, game week six? No. So give me a Jackson, give me a Watkins, give me a Haaland and I'm quite happy. Obviously going to assess it. Probably need an injury or two in the Liverpool attack to make their picks more attractive. But at the moment... I'm not willing to gamble on the minutes of Darwin Nunes, but I was I was happy to see him score those two goals. I think he's had a tough time at Liverpool so far. There's certainly a good player in there. Uh, so yeah, hopefully he does become an option over the next couple of weeks. Questions from FPL Brooklyn. The Watkins conundrum. Villa looked great in attack, so it seems crazy to drop him, but his assists just aren't cutting it for me when other cheaper options are out there. Again, I think I probably said it last week, Watkins find to keep, find to sell. He's not my weakest link in my team, so I've got you know a bench I need to start dealing with. So Watkins is never really going to be a transfer out for me. Um, fixtures for Villa. Next four, Liverpool, Palace, Chelsea, Brighton. On paper, you might think, not easy. We've got to remember Villa are a very good side. Liverpool don't have Van Dijk for that fixture. Crystal Palace, good defensive team, but it, it is Crystal Palace. It's not a top team in the league. Chelsea, again, tricky, but who knows. And Brighton on paper for attackers 
is good. You know, they're ex- I think they've con- conceded a lot of XG over the last couple of games. Obviously conceded three to West Ham. So I'm not worried whatsoever about Brighton fixture for an Ollie Watkins. So for me, Watkins is a keep. If you don't have Jackson, then I can understand that move. A lot of people did it in game week three. I think it probably looks even more attractive in game week four because Watkins hasn't scored yet and Jackson has the better fixture. So Watkins to Jackson, I don't mind. But I'm quite content to have Watkins and Jackson regardless of the fixtures for Villa because I keep coming back to it. They're just a very, very good team and they can score against anyone. So Watkins is probably going to survive for me. So Ollie, please start scoring. Yes, I like assists, but I like goals more. Question from FPL Tom. As Newcastle's good run of fixtures approaches, do we go for Wilson or Isak? Uh, Tom says, definitely putting Trippier in, but I'd like to invest in their attack as well. I think it's tricky to invest in their attack because of the rotation. You know, Isak is getting 65 minutes and then Wilson's getting the rest. Gordon's getting starts, but then Barnes is coming on. You know, maybe Almiron is the answer. Maybe we will have a big couple of weeks from Almiron like we had previously. His minutes seem to be the best at the moment. But for me, it's like Darwin. When it comes to Wilson and Isak, do I want a 65-minute player, 35-minute player, or do I want a Wissa or an Alvarez who's getting lots of minutes at City or a Watkins or a Jackson? And it's always the guys who I, who are getting the minutes who are going to get my you know be picked in my team. So even though the fixtures are good, again, we probably need a, an injury to Isak or Wilson so we can get the other player. Probably the same for Barnes and Gordon. don't like wishing injuries on players, but you know what I mean? If things do develop over the next few weeks then the picks will change and, and they'll become better picks if there's less rotation in the team so for me when it comes to Newcastle it's trippier uh, I was eyeing up Botman as well but he hobbled off so keep an eye on that one don't buy Botman until you research that injury and I'm not really interested in their attackers because of the minutes question from Snee Arsenal who's the best replacement for Joe Pedro so I'm quite happy to be done with Joe Pedro, sold him game week three. If I still had him, what would I be doing? I still think finding the cash for Jackson if you don't have him is probably the best approach. If you can't stretch to Jackson, still like Alvarez at Manchester City, still like Wissa, a one scoring a lot of goals, but the fixtures for Forrest are not fantastic. Can he keep doing it? Probably not. And another option from Pedro if you're selling them is just go down to Archer at 4.5 and upgrade your midfield. But yeah, Jackson is probably top of the list if you can get there. Question from George Butters. Is it is a panic button wildcard this week crazy? How many changes are needed to justify it? I said it last week. There's no right or wrong time to wildcard. Some teams will need a wildcard. Some teams will not. The first couple of game weeks are a bit of a roller coaster. There's players you think, right, I need this guy. And then the next week you don't need them. Need them. What you're seeing this season, there's a lot of good picks out there and you're selling good players to get good players. For example, this week, if I sell Martinelli to get Madison, that's selling a good player to get a good player. So, you know, Bowen, another example, Sterling. It's it's tricky. Um, but if your team's a mess, if, you're, if your bench is a mess, if, you're, if there's a lot of players that you think you really want to have and they're going to be really good long-term picks, wildcard... Game week four is absolutely fine. I'm actually quite open to a wildcard game week five. My team's fine for game week four, especially after I make a free transfer, but I've got basically a non-existent bench at the moment with Gabriel Bayer and Nakamba. I might have a Johnston goalkeeper issue to deal with by the time we get to the international break. You know, if Sterling goes big again in game week four, he might become essential and I might need to lose Augusto to get him. So I'm keeping an open mind on a wildcard. I never have a set time on when I want to do it. But I'm open to the idea of a Game Week 5 international break wildcard. So that tells you if I'm 
happy to do it. Then, you know, I've, I've seen a few people do it game week three. I'm seeing other people have it active this week. It's what's right for your team. Um, so yeah, don't let anyone tell you you should wildcard or you shouldn't because when you sit down with it, build a, build a draft, compare it to your current team. You know, if there's probably, if there's seven or eight changes, there's, there's strong justification for hitting the button. So yeah, if your team's a mess, maybe if you've had a tough start to the season, if there's a lot of key players you don't have, then by all means, go, go for it. Game week four, captaincy and potential transfers. Now, captaincy, I think, is easy. Haaland is at home to Fulham. Fulham have not been good defensively to start this season. So don't overthink it. Captain Haaland and sleep easy. Hopefully he stops missing penalties and missing chances soon. Elsewhere, if you really want to go against the grain, there is options out there. I'll always mention these in the podcast, but I'm not recommending it. I am clearly saying Haaland captain for game week four. But if you're a rogue manager and you're not too worried about many leagues or overall rank and you're having a bit of fun with the season, Jackson and Sterling, captain at home to Nottingham Forest, they're good options. And Bumo's at home to Bournemouth, good option. Bowen against Luton who we mentioned, and I like Madison against Burnley as well. But like I said, just to emphasise Erling Haaland for the armband. Possible transfers for game week four. I've got one free transfer. The first one that came to mind Monday morning, Martinelli to Madison. But again, like always, I will not be making my transfers until Friday. We've It's been a it's been a bit of a crazy season for early transfers. You know, James has got injured, Stones. We had Madison last week who looked like he was going to be out for the season and then he turns up and scores. So patience, 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 especially with cup games midweek as well and that transfer window. There could be lots of movement this week which could impact your FPL team. So Martinelli to Madison is likely. I can't get Sterling. So Gabriel's probably going to survive on the bench. Rashford to Madison would allow Gabriel to trip here game week five. So that's something I need to think about this week. I really want Madison. I don't really want to lose Rashford. I'm more open to losing Martinelli. But, you know, Rashford versus Martinelli are probably similar picks at the moment. So maybe I should sell the more expensive one and open the door for Trippier Game Week 5 rather than waiting until Game Week 6. The team is looking like... If I make the Madison transfer from Martinelli, the team, the bus team for Game Week 4, Johnston, Gusto, Chilwell, Estupinen, Saka, Bruno, Rashford, Madison... Haaland captain, Ollie Watkins and Jackson. So it feels like the team is in good shape and hopefully another green arrow going into the international break. Thank you as always for taking the time to listen. I hope you have a good week. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. I'll talk to you again on Friday after the pressers. Talk to you soon. Podcast Network.